Welcome back, Nitty Gritty. We have probably our fastest 2.0 that we've ever done with the doctor. Yeah, that was fast. It was only a couple weeks. A, was it even a week? Maybe one gap. One one week between. or one episode. So we had Dr. Fidel Montero. That was a really bad accent, but I did it anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, you sounded like me. You can actually <laughs> roll your R's. We had Fidel come back and we kind of picked up our conversation a little bit on you know education. We got more into funding and college. And then we got to talk a little bit about Fidel and I partnered up on a new project called Path U. And we kind of talk a little bit about what that looks like and why we're doing it and what it is. So selfish, bet you selfishly, a, it was fun. Well, I don't think it was selfish. I bet a bunch of listeners are going to DM us. I hope so. To get like, and you know, that might be a really cool place to test out yeah. how, how it looks because I'm excited to try it. But I don't think a lot of parents know how to teach it. And so no. to have something like this would be rad. Yeah. So really quick, Path U, our first course, Fidel and I came together and created a financial literacy course. And it's 12 videos that are all short and a guidebook to it. And it all lives online. So we're, we've been working on it for a while and it's financial and, literacy for kids. Yeah. So yeah, our goal is like high school and college kids. Okay. That's kind of who right. it's targets, but Anyone who needs like financial, you know, we talked about it in the podcast, like a foundation. I would say most adults are not financially literate at a high school level. I would agree with that so question. This, this is probably awesome for all of us. I would agree with and that. And when I say us, there's a reason I'm saying <laughs> yeah. us. And yeah, like for example, if you took it, there would probably be 70% of the stuff that you're like, oh yeah, but right. there'd be 30% you're like, oh, that's really good. For sure. Well, not you know? to mention, I want to be able to teach my kids. Yeah. So if I can kind of close up the basic foundation, I can then teach them. Yeah. Right. And so and, and that's, I think what it's, it's that's what it is. So yeah, really our website's pathu.com. But if you went to our Instagram, pathu online, um, that's probably the easiest place. But if you just DM us on nitty gritty, I can get you access to the course and we can walk through what it looks like and all that kind of stuff. So, so free, but yeah, cool. it was a fun, ep- it was a fun episode. Yeah, we get into some education drama. Yeah, we do. Like there's some juicy stuff in here. We just keep talking about funding and you could tell Fidel was like curriculum. on spring break week. Yeah. He was- <laughs> 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 we, had, we had a little ADHD moment, but he was the one with the ADHD for a minute. So I guess there are PhDs that have ADHD. So that's good. No, I'm just kidding. He's a crack up. Yeah, always hope, fun. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Like always. All right. Welcome to the nitty gritty. Episode 130, we're back with the doctor, Dr. Fidel Montero. Yo. Doctor, doctor. The this doctor. is fun to have a 2.0. It is. So quick. We got a lot of people with feedback saying they wanted to have this anyway. So we're like, hey, let's just get it done quickly. Great. I think it's great. And we were still right in the thick of it. And he had a very important meetings to yeah. get to. Yeah. And high I heard- school, uh, High school to run. <laughs> I heard that uh, the nitty gritty shot up and- you know, it did. It Ratings. the number one, the number one <laughs> podcast. They even beat Rogan, it right? Did. Yeah. With, with that interview for three hours, we were ahead of Rogan <laughs> in Kazakhstan. So <laughs> it was great. It felt really uh, important. So thank you. Thanks for yeah. You're welcome. Taking us to a new level, but but yeah. So we just wanted to kind of continue and great. We had some more info to talk about, and so thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me back, y'all. Anytime. This fun. So what were we just talking about? We were talking about. Oh man, we're like, hold teachers. on. Yeah, we're like, we got to do this on the podcast. It was teachers and pay. Teachers and pay. Right? And like how to, because so one of the things that I wanted to hit on a lot in this episode, because I think too often 
in society in general, we're really good at identifying problems and we're really bad <laughs> at coming up with solutions, right? Everyone wants to sit back and tell everyone what's wrong with what's going on or why it's not good or whatever it is. Like, I mean, the jazz, like how many people are sitting on Twitter that know better than the organization, the front office and the yeah, coach, chair coach, you no, know, that doesn't happen in Utah. No, no, you're right. No, that's just, I mean, that that's just Utah Utes yeah. fans, Andrew. Yeah. Just kidding. But I think it happens a lot where we just sit back and like to complain, but then it's like, okay, so what are you going to do about it? Right. And so today I think we can talk maybe a little bit about that as far as like, what can we do? So we're, we're not just sitting back and playing victim, What do we do? but it's like, what can we actually do about stuff? You know, and we were just talking teachers and teachers pay. And so, I mean, when we left off on the last episode, Cam was, you know, bringing up, how do we justify paying teachers more if they're not working more? Cam was really frustrated about that. Why don't we just speak truth? I was power. frustrated <laughs> and I am frustrated. No, I was frustrated it's that with you, it was funny because I listened back to it and it, and there definitely, it, there have been times where I'm like, another day off, another day off, the kids are home again. Like... And then you see the news, and I think the news doesn't help, right? Because no. if you actually read an article about teachers, it, it'll say like teachers complaining about their safety with COVID, and then you read the article that says, "Yeah, we talked to four teachers," it, you know. And I think we're all guilty of headline headline reading sometimes. But for me, it was just like I d I did kind of compare it to police officers and things like that, where it's like, hey, they're making about the same money, but teachers are doing it in half the amount of days worked. And so I look at that like I know a lot of good ski patrol guys that make a fairly good living. They don't make much being ski patrol, but then they're firefighters in the summer. You know, they'll, they'll kind of do th two things. So I kind of looked at it like, well, teachers could do the same thing. And many do, right? And many do, and many have to. It, but then is but, that common, actually? Do a lot of teachers have like a secondary job? Yeah, many of them do. Do they? Yeah. Do they keep it inside of like education? It depends. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I have teachers that have been, um, Literally wedding singers. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> that was amazing. probably one of the best ones. Uh, you know, a lot of them coach. A lot of them, uh, you know, have small businesses that they run with a with a spouse. Um, and, you know, and some of them actually like having the time off, right? I mean, sure. here's the thing, yeah. right? And one of the things, I don't know if, how much we talked about this last time, but anytime you work with people you're doing emotional work, right? Because you're putting yourself out there, yeah. your energy, um, and whether you're a doctor, a, a psychologist, and I think you only have so much capacity, right, to, sure. to do that sort of work. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, build a house where you can go, you know, frame a, a, a home and, and, you know, put your, you know, your ear your earplugs in and listen to the nitty gritty show. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, and, and get to work versus you know, dealing with the emotional tension that comes with working with people. I mean, just this week, I had a friend of mine who's a principal and who was, we were talking about a situation at his school <clears throat> where uh, a young a young person, you know, threatened a teacher uh, through a paper that this, this young man wrote. And, uh, you know, like, how do you deal with that, right? How, how does the school support well, the Well, today, young? your experience today, you have students Yeah, today we had a out. walkout, right? And, and, and children out there, you know, sort of, wanting to have their voice be heard. And again, all of that stuff is not necessarily physical, right? But it's emotional, and the emotional is the physical. So it does have an impact on you. So um, again, th and those are the aspects that are hard to measure, right? When you say, hey, what is this worth, right? Another thought that I had 
you know, sort of in between, right, in terms of the worth of and the value of an educator is any of us who have had an educator who has impacted our lives. You know, you go to anybody. We probably so. all have. We all have. I right. hope. I hope so. Right. Right. Whether it's a coach, whether it's a or a teacher. And we can ask a lot of people who can probably name at least one person, right? And then you say, what is that impact worth? You know what I mean? I'm you have your teacher, oh, right? You talk I, about I have goosebumps all the time. right now, like just thinking about it, because it's like, I'm not sitting here if it wasn't for one of That's my That's right. And how do you put yeah. a dollar amount on that impact? And it, right? wasn't, it wasn't even teaching. It was just it the was a personal, like she did something for me that I don't think most teachers would have done because we did, like we were connected, like she knew yeah. me. And it was just like, yeah, I don't, it would have been way different. That's right. So again, how do you put a how do how do you, you put don't. a dollar amount on that? Right. And 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 us as parents, now those of us that are parents, if we have a person in our children's life who has that sort of impact, we're like, listen, you you don't put a dollar amount on that. That that right. person is worth gold, right? So again, when you contextualize the the uh, teacher pay within those terms, all of a sudden it, sh- it does shift the paradigm. And like we talked last time, right? Are there teachers who perhaps? should be looking elsewhere, who perhaps should not be teaching and who are not a good fit for the profession? Absolutely, Absolutely yeah. right? And uh, uh, I think they would be happier people if they would be doing something else, right? I mean, you know, why deal with all that emotional sort of stress and and worry and, and you know, if you don't like it? So yeah. anyway, so yeah, so that was a good conversation, right? And so to transition that, talking about teacher pay and what we should be doing, I'm curious on your thoughts on like higher ed, right? Like out of out of college, because it does feel like every kid is told, go to college. Like no matter what, go to college. Yeah. And well, our church, I mean, that the cultural aspect of that, like we have our ecclesiastical leaders and the LDS church at least. I yeah, mean, I mean we, we it's put, almost like a mission, right? It's almost like like, like if you college, didn't go, go to, to college, college go right to college. out of high school, it's like, oh, something's wrong with you. Right. And now, I mean, I can only speak for myself, right? Like, as far as the value of college, I think every kid is different and I think there is certain value to it. But I do think that it is, I mean, colleges, I think, are different than high schools. Colleges are for-profit entities. They're making money. That's right. Right. And so you can't blame them for it. But I'm curious, like. They're not, they're, they're non-profit, just so you know. Well, I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> Nonprofits. Let's, that's a I'm whole sorry, other podcast. That was a little jab. But you've experienced it. You've gone through it. Now you're on the other side of it. Give me your thoughts on what that looks like. Like, what is the state of higher ed yeah. in the country right Man, now? Man, that's a good question. And that's a loaded question. And, and yeah, and, and I. If I don't you know. get fired, it's okay, dude. We, <laughs> we have a backup plan. We have a backup plan. Speak your truth. Yeah, I mean, so, Speak you know, I, 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 I've been fortunate, right, to interact with higher education, both as a student. Uh, you know, as a doctoral student. Um, <laughs> in, in addition to that, I, I worked in the belly of the beast. I was a, a chief of staff, which is a C-level, an executive level position, uh, you know, in, in a college at a university. And and here's the thing, right? I don't know. We talked about this a little bit last time, but I do believe that colleges have a role to play in society. I do believe, especially research institutions, is what one of the things that distinguish this country from other countries that we have sort of a... Um, uh, a curiosity and you know we have innovation that comes out of these places um and yet the fundamental question is well what is the role that colleges should be playing in today's society should a kid you know 
have to jump through, you know, four years, another four years of, of education, uh, going to a lot of debt, which we know a lot of kids are going into a lot of debt to get a college degree, to have an opportunity or a shot at life. And and to me, the, the answer is no, that's, that shouldn't be the case. And the model itself, the way that the model was built, you have to sort of understand the history of both secondary education and higher education to really understand sort of where they're at today. I think they started out with good intentions, maybe. Uh, the idea was to, hey, we got to educate, we got to educate these, uh, this sort of, this populace, right? So they can contribute to society. Now, the context for secondary ed is, you know, the, the economy What's the was difference different. between secondary ed and higher ed? Well, secondary ed is, you know, up to your senior year in high school. Okay. And then, you know, post high school is, is college, right? Okay. Um, and in high school, secondary education was created in essence to sort of, you know, develop uh, traits in a community that, so that they could contribute in an industrialized type economy, right? So they could be... Your foundational skills, Yeah, right? You're, that's right. Foundational that's knowledge, right. foundational skills. That's right. And, uh, you know, and, and, at, and at that time when it was set up, um, they they sort of borrowed from the from the higher education model to create high schools. Um, and that higher ed model, however, was built to sort of weed people out. Does that make sense? It wasn't really built to say, hey, we're going to be really inclusive, educate everybody that comes through the door. So that's one of the challenges that we have today, right? Is that we're still fighting sort of the the traditions, the 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 sort of institutionalized, you know, practices that were created by folks hundreds of years hundreds ago. Of years ago. And nothing is changing. That's right. And and all so so all that to say, um, I think higher ed definitely plays a role in society. I think we 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 need uh, you know colleges to do their thing, especially research institutions. But we we need to be rethinking of how we how we look at a college degree, how we look at a, at a college experience. Kids, does, I, I don't think personally that a kid needs to go to school for four years to be a contributing member of society. No way. Uh, and if that's the case. We have a lot of issues because most kids don't do that, right? And um, so, well, even the, the kids that do, I think the number is like less than twenty five percent actually work in the area that they graduate. That's right. I that's mean, right. so even the kids that get through, I think last year the average graduate had almost forty thousand dollars of student loan debt mm-hmm. with a degree that only one in four are going to use. So now you just have this forty thousand dollar debt with a degree. That you don't use. Yeah, yeah. Colleges are good at getting specialized knowledge, right? Like if you if you're going to be a doctor, you definitely want for sure kids to really understand. You know, well, the way it's yeah. set up now, you have to. You have to, right? Yeah. Like that's a prerequisite. Like you have to go but to college. What we focus on more in, in a secondary setting, in a high school setting, is we really focus on understanding what skills kids need in order to be successful adults, right? So we, we, we sort of feel that there are certain skills that kids need that will transfer from, from one area to another, from one job to another, in order for them to be successful. Now, we're still fighting, you know, a system that was set up to teach kids how to be, you know, how to look at a clock, how to right. check in, how to check out, and more, again, in a, in a sort of industrialized kind of economy. And uh, so we're fighting that, right? Grades are a good example of that and how we measure learning. Um, so we're trying to sort of, we're, we're trying to change that. And when, we, when a kid takes a chemistry class, rather than being worried about the content that they're learning, we want them to understand the skills that it requires to learn in, in chemistry that can apply to, you know, running a barbecue 
uh, uh, store or, you know, uh, having your own sort of business, whatever that may be. Does that make sense? Sure. So, that, so, but again, it's a, uh, but you still have the color within the lines. Well, well right? and who are you fighting? We're fighting. I mean, just think about it, right? So all of our teachers go through college right. to become teachers and they're trained as if they are going to be PhD candidates, right? The skills right, that they're right. learning as teachers. So it's when they when waste. they go teach, they're you know you're you're fighting that sort of you know that the that, academia that tension, but, right? Right, exactly. Of how you how you were graded, how you were taught, how the professor behaved. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So that's what we're fighting right there, right? Okay. It's, it's sort of that that um, that tradition that's you know in that culture that's sort of steep, right? Um, well, also like the accreditation. Well, yeah, that's and right. Curriculum, right? Like, right. I, I did want to touch on that last time. Like, just what was the Common Core and all that stuff? Uh-huh. Like, funding, and we're forced to teach this if we want if we want funding and well, X Y Z. I mean, Scott Schwab talked about this a little bit when he was going through his accreditation for the university, that's right? Right. And I mean, Fidel, you and I have butt up against this and what we're doing, but a lot of times the accreditation is hours in the seat. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? It's how many hours, how long is your butt in that seat for? Not, and content is almost like secondary. Yeah. Learning is after yeah, that. See, and I've never you know what I mean? And so it's like content thing. So in order, yeah. so in order yeah, for yeah. you to get credit for this class, you have to be in here for 80 hours. It's like, well, if I could teach this to you in five, <laughs> yeah, why yeah. do I have to spread it out over 80? Because I and need by, to make and by spreading an And then by spreading it out, you water it down and then the learning goes down, you know? So I, I think that's part of yeah. this issue is the structure to get like the accreditation or the, you know, the, the check that you got that stuff done. Yeah. Wasatch high school, you know, they got a great go deal in cam, go wasp. Yeah. They got a good deal in cam because they got all of the funding for him. Yes. But you know, but no, butt in the seat. Yeah. They, you know what I'm saying? They didn't have he to just didn't show up. So, <laughs> right. So, you know, they, but that, I did that clean was the, bathrooms for like six months to graduate. <laughs> bargain for those I, They guys. got a lot of free um, You know services. what I'm saying? No, but you're right. I mean, I think that, you know, it's referred to as the Carnegie uh, unit, right? This idea that in order for you to learn, you know, X, you have to sit so many, you know, you have to sit in a, in a, in a seat for so many hours. And we're still funded that way. Uh, we have to submit reports to the state that indicates how we're going to meet their hour you know, requirement, right? And it's that, not perpetuating. And, and that's like the grading, first thing. Right? That's, like, yeah. that's like the first thing they want is how many hours. Yeah. And, and you know, there's not it's a, like re- they're being graded. The students are being Everybody's graded. Being graded. <laughs> Everyone's being freaking graded. Now, you know, we don't submit a report that's titled, you know, uh, butts and uh, seats, seats <laughs> right. but, you know, to the state office of education in Utah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That'd be kind of actually funny. Right. Oh, so they, they, awesome. you know, they call it instructional hours. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's a little, fancier it's because the phds you know, had to come up with that somebody one. had to come up with that title gotta sound official yeah, yeah. now you <laughs> know but and, and here's the thing right like it, there it, it, there's no question that it that it takes time for anybody to, to learn anything it, it takes time for you to become an expert at anything but um we're trying to you know when it comes to to you know proficiency we're trying to say hey in order for you to be proficient in anything you have to be in a class these many hours as opposed to ask the question has does the kid has the kid mastered the skill right and and how about measuring you know when a kid enters a biology class maybe they've mastered it already maybe they took you know they were on youtube all summer and they understand it well let's let's move them up without having them to it's almost like when you can test test out of spanish right i got back from yeah i could take one test it was like 28 credits because 
I was sufficient. That's right. So there's 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 actually there's actually a good movement within you know schools that are sort of ahead of them ahead of others that are being innovative. They're asking questions about what what is you know the standard that we want to have in this class. They're teaching against those standards. They're really trying to make it be you know um, skill and proficiency based, and they're trying to but but again. They're trying to do that within a system that was designed the for structure. them not to do that. Right. Yeah. So, it, so it becomes frustrating for teachers, right? Because then, you know, you get a kid, they show mastery. They almost like, strip their abilities from them, right? Yeah. Like, I want the teacher to have some leeway to, yeah. to work with. Like, this class gets really excited about this and be able to kind of hang out. In that. Well, and then you were talking about content. Wouldn't it be cool if kids could actually like enjoy learning instead of or stressing they, about getting a grade? Yeah. Or if like the teachers like, were rewarded for good content? Here's yeah. the problem with grades. You know, there's a lot of different problems with grades. You know, first of all, I think we look at them as currency, right? Well, colleges make and colleges right? look at them as currency. And parents, as parents, we do the same thing, right? If little Johnny, that's true. you know, is getting, getting a C minus, ten bucks. You know, we think we're gonna. <laughs> it's true, yeah. right? You, you pay, you pay your kids. I, I owed my parents five thousand dollars when I got out of high school. <laughs> That's right. But, but, you know, so, so we incentivize the wrong thing, right? Instead of yeah. going to little Cam Bam and say, look, Cam, I'm going to give you, you know, $10 if you really master, if you really understand whatever this subject, right. as opposed to if you get an A, right? Totally. An A is just like, hey, you learned how to jump the hoop, right? Because so, think yeah. about, think about Let how Let me much- tell you about my grades. I just learned the rules of the game. Totally. Not learning that's right like, i got a 4-0 but here's the dilemma not going to class yeah <laughs> can't yeah any but here's the dilemma right like learn anybody who sort of you know a mature person right um you're, they, t- you're taking to the, speaking to the wrong people i know i know i know you know i am speaking to the wrong people <laughs> um a, a mature per let's hypothetically talk about a mature person they understand brent. he's mature yeah talk yeah. to brent yeah, brent brent behind there behind the camera <laughs> yeah a mature person understands that failure is at the heart of learning. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? You fail, you fail, you fail again. That's a great point. And, and that's that's where that's where learning happens, right? That's, that's right. where the magic really happens, right? Um, and and yet our 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 system is set up, you know, where you where where failure becomes it, it almost becomes it's something we fear, right? Like kids walk into a school and if they get a C minus, they're afraid of that. Why? Because mom is putting or dad or Cam, they're putting pressure, Not right? <laughs> they're putting pressure on you to get an A and you're like, gosh, I can't fail, right? And 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 then the teacher has, you know, they have a certain amount of time they have a, that they have to submit a grade for, right? And and if and if little Johnny, you know, doesn't fit that timeline, then you know they're they're they feel pressure to assign to them a grade. So so again it's Well and it, they're they're rewarded by being able to say average grade you know like kids get better grades in their class they're yeah. probably a better teacher that's right yeah so so the system is just set up you know it's it's set up in in a way that uh, it it doesn't give incentives to those things that we actually understand help like right. failure right like you know how many how many kids are going to get up and say hey listen you know i'm so excited because I've, I've got two f's here and i'm really learning from this experience right <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening right you know and then how many pta moms and and again i love my pta moms by the way i shout out to if any of my pta team your pta <laughs> is listening i love these ladies they're amazing but my question to Thank them you, is Senator you know, when was the last time they <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time 
one of my PTA moms, you know, where where little Johnny came home and hey mom, I got an F minus and she or an F and and she was like, Hey, let's go get a shake over that, right? You know, most of us like freak out. We're like, oh my gosh, you're failing. I'm a failure. Your dad's a failure. We're gonna get a divorce because we you're getting an F, <laughs> yeah, right? That's why I hid in the bushes. You know what I'm saying? Report so I get the, the point, the point that I'm making, right? Is that we we have the incentives backwards. You know what I'm saying? And now again. People are wait, people are, are are realizing that and, and and we're starting slowly to change that idea, right? Like like in our school, one of the first things we did when we first when I first started was we changed our mission statement and we said, look, we're gonna put growth as one of the core values that we have as a school. Oh, that's cool. And what does growth mean? Well, growth means that you try that you fail, you it's fail. Messy. Growth is and messy. It's messy and, and 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 it's a core value for us, right? Like like we tell our kids, look, you're not gonna be successful in, in college and career or in your life if you don't understand understand this idea of growth if you don't understand the idea that hey you got to fall on your face a hundred times and that's and that's actually learning you well, know you have to reward effort right yeah like absolutely for me like i have adhd i talk about it a lot like i'm a i like the education system that's that's one thing about teachers that i think is really hard is somebody that has adhd like they require a different type of learning and the hey, school do you like system, the dodgers yes. i was wondering why you're wearing a dodgers hat yeah, I like the Dodgers. I grew up there. Remember? I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Oh, is this? I, I, I was, I was showing. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> this. See what we're dealing with here. I swear. What were you saying? Wow, this is our educators, people. This is what my people have to Andrew, deal with. What, what was Cam talking about? Wow, he's getting really what philosophical. A dick. <laughs> what a dick! I swear. Maybe Sorry, we need man. to teach, talk about my principal bad. pay. Now we were, minute. we were talking about something now. Sorry, <laughs> principal pay. Um. What you were that? saying, where? I can't, I, I, I can't remember now. I think, damn it. I think it was an Adele? acronym, ADD, ADHD, <sighs> PhD. PhD is type, types of learning. You're talking about oh, teachers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Types of Sorry, teaching man. and learning. Not the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Struck a nerve. Hold on. He's, he's regrouping. So you gathering? I'm regrouping. He's breathing. Okay. He's alive. Breathing. Let's go, dog. So as you're <laughs> regrouping. I really don't remember. That's okay. That's what anger does to me. We're going to transition to the next thing. Oh, man. With this because. Bell. <laughs> what, was he, what was he saying? It's about the types of teaching. Oh, I was going to talk about effort. Yeah. Effort. Rewarding effort. We were. Yes. Let's okay. Go. Let's go, so, dog. I got you. This guy is not getting free food anymore. <laughs> um, no, so for my, my problem with grades was that I never just, I never did homework, right? Yeah. Like for me, it was just like, if I didn't like it, I mean, it's the same now. If I, if I don't like it, 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 there has to be like a deadline or this has to be done for me to get the drive to do it. Unless it's something that I really enjoy. Like yeah. a serious enough consequence. You, yes. For, for, for better, to, yeah, for yeah, better yeah. or worse. You for better or worse, 100%. Want... And so with, but it's funny, if you look at my high school transcripts, like I'm in pre-algebra my senior year because I hate math and I was working the system, right? Like I got to stay in the easiest class so I can at least just pass. But then I'm in AP sociology, AP history, and I get A's for, you know, all four quarters. But I loved it, right? Yeah. And so, but it, but how different would it have been if it's just like, just try. Yeah. Like I'll give you a C for trying. Yeah. You may not get an A. Like A will require you to do it right. But I will give you a C if I can Forever. tell that you did your best like, and I know it's hard to individualize that, especially in high school with what I learned from you, you know, last week, how yeah. there's multiple periods, but 
it would be really cool it's to doable. not fail something as long as somebody really gave it a shot. Doable. Yeah. Know, right. The, Especially because who cares if you don't know how to find the value of X yes, in the equation? I still don't know where that is <laughs> or what it is. You know what I mean? And but like, nor do I care. So many of these things, like at the end of the day, it really isn't that important. Right. Because we can find the answer to that you know, now so easily. You know the crazy right, thing right. about that in terms of learning grades and so forth. So here's the crazy part. When you go get your bachelor's, it's so rigid, right? Deadlines like hell. I mean, you know, and you're stressed out and grades and GPAs. And it sucks, right? Totally. It sucks. And then you go get your master's. And all of a sudden, it starts to relax a little, you know? Oh, it, that's it, interesting. It's super interesting, right? Oh, wow. And Just because you know, you're doing like, maybe you've proven yourself already. I you're guess. You're just there about it, the right, A lot of it's more project-based, though, it's, as well. It's, it's more project-based. You have a different uh, relationship with your professors. Your classes are there's smaller. Less you. There's less, you know, it's a different experience, right? And then you're studying something that you actually really are interested in, right? As opposed to... See, that's... Does that make sense? For and sure. they check it out. And then you go get your PhD, and it's like like no structure it's the opposite the structure there is i mean there is some structure sure it's your deadlines you're picking your your research i mean to your point you got your, your phd a year faster than anyone else in your right. class right yeah oh, i mean a year so it, there's and, not and, like a time limit no oh, no wow. time limit right and you have a mentor that's walking you through stuff right one-on-one -on -one, right they're walking you through your study uh, and the idea is like you're you're trying to find new knowledge. It's complete the the complete opposite of your bachelor's experience, and that's actually more true learning, right? When you're so that's you know, how college should be, right? Uh -huh. Right, one hundred percent. But but it's a again they got to make you know college has got to make money, so you you bring in all the undergrads. It's it's almost like a business model, right? It the undergrads is. come in, they pay the tu the higher tuition, so and then you have fewer master students and very and 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 most PhD. Candidates don't pay for their PhDs, right? So companies do pay. Well, for well it's the it's the college that gives them the scholarship. Oh, does that make sense? Oh, really? Based on you know the because of the revenue they're generating from the undergrad. Right. So like all the undergrads are basically subsidizing the real learning. That's of, right. It's kind of like club soccer. It's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's youth <laughs> sports. The top athletes don't pay for it. It's the, the kids that aren't any good. That's it's the right. Best coaches, the best gear. It's the C, C and D, D that pay for e, all of it. You know what I'm saying? All paying the same. But, but again, of money. And, and, that's the exact, and, 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 it's the exact same thing. And the learning, the learning, you know, context is completely different, right? It's it's a lot more relaxed. It's a lot more sort of open. It's a lot more, um, you know, there's there's a lot more space for failure, right? Uh, and uh, again, the experience is different. I love going through my PhD and that sense right i wasn't as stressed out right i was engaged with my with my studies i was engaged <sighs> with my work was that? it is it's actually pretty cool right? right like like uh um versus your bachelor's where you're like a stress case again yeah. my point being is that we have it backwards right totally we have it backwards instead of creating that uh, that experience for an undergrad right or or uh you know uh yeah at the undergrad uh, level yeah we we make them jump through all these hoops which does not make sense Right, doesn't at does all. not make sense. Um, so, well, and I think the next evolution of all of this, because I think it's going to be really hard to like make any systemic changes that are really going to help. And so, I fidel to your point, like the schools do the best they can inside of the box that they're allowed to play. Right? Is the box the state? Like, is that like you when you say box? I was, I think my question is kind of along what you're saying is like. How much freedom do you have, like, as an individual school to 
to get outside the box. Yeah, I mean, it's, start your own program. It's tricky, right? Because I mean, the state of Utah has a has a board of education, right? That and the, these folks are elected officials that uh, that you can vote for, right? If you're listening, um, and vote and are involved. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that you know, so you vote for these folks, and they 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 represent different regions in in the state of Utah. They so, determine the amount of money each school gets per person. So, so they do. They so make, they're they make kind a lot of the important people. Right? They, yeah, um, and they determine what the requirements so, so within, are to get those dollars within the the this school board, right? And uh, that that's elected. There's a whole office in in uh, Salt Lake City, the the Utah, uh, you know, board association, right? School board association. Um, and they are the ones who, you know, determine curriculum. They determine sort of, you know, um, the cl- curriculum standards. Right. Um, so they they sort of set the framework, right? And then each district individually has some, you know, um, leeway leeway, right, to make to make choices within those parameters that they set. So then each school then. You know, by the time the schools are making decisions, they're making them within the framework that the district has set, right. that the state has set. And on layered on top of that, you've got the federal government, got the federal government that. right, that sets certain <laughs> parameters. So the answer, you know, it gets so you, it gets tricky to lead within that environment. Because no wonder you have to people be, are going to private schools. Well. Or paying all that extra money to send kids to. You know what I mean? Now, yeah, and they they don't always get it wrong. I mean, there's some good stuff that state the states are doing, right? You get some right. good leaders that you know that that think outside of the box, ironically, right? Um, and uh, uh, so there's some good stuff that happens within that framework, but it does make it very cumbersome. So here, and then you've got legislators yeah. who make laws that impact schools that that throw into that. Anytime the government's involved, you know it's going to be a crap show. Yeah, uh, they're, they're they're just it's not going to get done. One hundred percent. Well, and you're not factoring in how different every school is. No, right. like, for example, Provo School the, District, yeah. Tintview. I mean, from Tintview to Alpine. You know what I mean? Like those yeah. schools should be. And yeah. there's, there's different needs well, inside if a of rural, the state. If a teacher is teaching the same amount of kids in a rural community, why aren't they making the same money that a teacher in an urban area? But or, we talked about those funding. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. That's but, what I'm saying. Like it's well, so. It's, so here's something crazy too. Well. I'm going to jump in the financial literacy realm, right? So in the U.S., there's only 21 states that require financial literacy even be taught at all in high school, right? right? And that just means it just has to be mentioned in class. Only By a s- PE coach. Well, hold on. I'm, I'm, get- <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. So there's only six states that require a half semester class. Only six states in the whole United States require that high school kids have a half a semester of financial literacy. You have to take mathematics your entire four years of high school. But well, you know, down in Alabama, yeah. they only know how to count to one. <laughs> Go tide roll. But I was wondering where you're going with that. That's pretty good. So you know, down here at BYU, I love Kalani. Kalani, if you're listening, but you know, we got a lot more to count. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> but so you have the six, but then here's the thing. Like, yeah, listeners, you listen. <laughs> Sorry, Drew. <laughs> I have a friend who teaches financial literacy in one of the local high schools here. And I went, I, I've helped teach his class. First of all, his period is like 80 minutes long. Right. And when he got called to teach the class, it was here, you're going to teach this course for the kids. He was like, okay. He's like, I don't really have any financial training. Like, I don't know anything about money except I've been, a, I've done good and I'm not in debt, which is better than nine, not, nine out of 10 Americans. Right. Right. So he's like, that's really all I know. And they're like, okay. 
And he's like, so what do I do for the curriculum? And they're just like, oh, you'll figure it out. So talking about all of these standards. So even though- You graduated though, from Wasatch High School. Though. That's right. He was going like, to figure like, it out. Like even though Utah, and it's funny because Utah gets a ton of praise for being at the, in the lead for financial literacy. But when like you- Like in our schools? Yes. Because we're one of the first states and we have it. It's ironic that we're, we spend the least amount of money per student too. But then, when, the financial literacy, but then but, here's the thing. I went and taught his class and like 80 minutes is a long time. It's way too long. And let me tell you what these kids need to know. I could fit everything that Andrews one high school. Rock. <laughs> That's right. I could fit everything I need to teach this kid about money in one class. For sure. If they understand these core principles that I could teach in one class, it will change their lives financially. But now I've got to spread it out over how, how many how many classes are in a semester, Fidel? That's a trick question. It depends <laughs> if it's a semester, a quarter. That's why I, I said a semester. Oh, a semester. How, so how many classes? Like how, like how many class periods are in a semester? No, you know, is it, is it in the fall because you got fall break? <laughs> Give me a round number, doctor. He's on one today, <laughs> this guy. Give me a round number. Typically within a quarter. It's a walkout day. If it's tell. a walkout day. <laughs> is it 50? <laughs> Is it 50? <laughs> Typically, you got nine weeks. Okay. And within a quarter, a quarter, 18 weeks in a semester, approximately. So 18 times on average, well, two and a half. But they go every other day if it's a block schedule versus uh, if they're going every day. So call it two and a half. So we'll yeah. say 40. We're going to round yeah. and we're going to say 40. So that means I got to, I have 40 class periods with these students, 80 minutes a pop. No one is going to pay attention. There is not enough curriculum to teach money 40 times to a high school kid. Right, right. So now guess what happens to these kids? They get to check the box that they went through financial literacy. They've heard every term imaginable for money because they have to. Right. Because you got to waste 80 minutes times 40. So now they have this false sense of security that they really know what's going on. Then they start making decisions. All of a sudden, they get their first credit card statement. Hey, you're pre-approved for this card. And they're like, oh, I remember I learned about this in high school. Oh, yeah. Should I do that? Oh, for sure. And all of a sudden- like Columbia House for me when I was a kid. Or and then it's remember the CDs? Just like downhill from <laughs> 13 there. 13 free? <laughs> but it's crazy that like I, I experienced it firsthand because I, I was actually proud that Utah had the thing, but I'm like, I don't know if they're doing more- It's probably more damage than good, yeah. Than good. By having the class without having teacher training and resources, like how do you expect them to teach these kids when the truth is teachers are one of the worst professions that managing their finances, like they get taken advantage of so much because they're so busy with all this other stuff we talked about. They don't have time to learn how to do it. So they just have to trust others. Yes. Like the whole, that's crazy. I didn't know that. What's like, that? In which, my, like, which, like financial. So my industry like is teachers like having known for taking advantage of teachers. Yeah. See, that's the problem. That's oh, teachers. that's the financial industry. It's always it's Wall Street, man. I'm, oh, Wall Street. No, Wall Street is, is correct. Yep. Advantage than any, they're old way pe- more corrupt. Old people and teachers. Yeah. So here's what's crazy. After, wow. after COVID, 18 to 24 year olds were the number one victims of financial fraud online. More so than wow. old people. But how many laws do we have protecting young people from financial fraud? Zero. Yeah. For older people, there are a hundred different laws and paperwork that you have to try and protect them from. But for 18 to 24-year-olds, zero. And you know, they were just living online during uh-huh. COVID. And they are now. Yeah. Freaking COVID. 
It's crazy. Yeah, COVID. Oh, man. So what do we do? Well, Fidel, what do we do, bud? Because, see, it's funny. When we were talking about content a few minutes ago, Yeah. like, I know that we're going to talk about that with you guys, but that truly is probably the most important thing other outside of like socializing, networking, learning how to just live in the world, right? Well, it's the but one thing that financial, every single person will mess with. Well, and I think most parents should probably come to the class with them because <laughs> we all came through the same, like I, I didn't learn, and this is no diss to my parents, but I didn't learn jack crap from my parents about financial anything. It's because we're not supposed to talk about money. Like I, yeah. I, like I could come in here and we've had it. We've had guests talk about sex and periods and mental health and weight and religion and race and drugs. And it's super open conversation. Yeah. If I were to ask Cam, how much money do you have in your savings account? All of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, this is super uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to answer that question. Right. <laughs> right. But it's, but it's more than you think. That's awesome. But it's probably less than it should be. <laughs> But that, that point that it should be, I really right? want a boat. And so, but no, that's, that's the problem is yeah. we don't talk about it. Parents aren't talking about it. You're taught it's rude to talk about money. Yeah. No, it totally is. You know what I mean? Like we, we talk about we, Bruno. We talk. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I just realized if you would have said that three days ago, I wouldn't have known what you were talking about. Fidel's on spring break already. That's right. Fidel is on spring break already. <laughs> He's checked out. Yeah. I told you it's a walkout day, dude. He's just, he needs to just let loose in here. Yeah. It's good for him. Yeah. We can handle it. But no, it's, I mean, and at the high school level, and I think there's probably a way to make it enjoyable. I think it needs to be in like shorter increments. But I remember being a kid in elementary school and learning about the stock market. Like we all got to pick a stock in the newspaper. I actually thought that was really fun. It's so good. It teaches like a ton. There, there is a way to make it fun, but like compound interest, debt, credit, like debt, credit, credit, make it fun. Just like, dude, put $10 a week yeah. away right now. And this is what it will be when you're 50 years old. Well, then the other thing is yeah, no, I mean, schools end up paying for it. Like, I yeah. mean, how much money did your school have to pay for like additional curriculum to just like. Well, with they Ramses, we had to order some extra Bibles with the curriculum. You know Dave does a school curriculum? And it comes with a free Bible. He does a financial literacy Shut up, for high school kids that is <laughs> hilarious. absolute garbage. <laughs> I'm kidding about Did the, the Gideons, Bible part. Did the Gideons donate that? <laughs> I'm kidding. He is a Christian man, though, I yeah. think, right? Hey, Dave Ramsey. That's how he got to start. Is he yeah, no, I mean, I think the, the point that Andrew was, is trying to make and in, in in, that I think holds true is that what, what, what should kids learn when they go to high school? Right. If you ask yourself that question, right. what should a kid when the kid what's the foundational gets thing, their diploma? The what should that diploma represent? That they have learned what? You know what I'm saying? And you know we've put a lot of stock on on uh, yeah on on mathematics on on science you know psychology or history and and those things are great, but I think a lot of people like Andrew and others are asking the question, <clears throat> well, what about? more basic skills, right? And I don't know if, if, if basic is the right term for them, but what about skills like- Foundational Foundational skills. skills. Yeah. That's what, like, right? Like, uh, uh, yeah, like managing your, your, your finances. And, <clears throat> you know- But even uh, that, your relationship with money. Your relationship with money. What is it? How that's do you right. use it? Yeah, so I think that's a, that's a really good question. And, and we, don't, we haven't asked that question hard enough. We haven't pressed hard enough to, as, a, as an education system to um, really look at ourselves in the mirror and say, okay, are we really- 
preparing kids to to go on after high school. If, if a kid didn't didn't get any more high school um, or any more education after high school, are they truly ready to be adults? You know what I'm saying? And and I don't know if we can if we can answer that question with some with with honesty with integrity, saying you know because. We are missing. We do have some big gaps, right? Huge I mean, gaps. relationship, like you were saying, right? Yeah. Do we teach our kids how to manage relationships? Uh, do we teach our kids again, as Andrew was saying, how to manage their finances? I certainly didn't get any of that. You know, like we talked about in, in the last podcast, which again was ranked number one above, <laughs> you know, Mr. Rogan uh-huh. himself, right? Um, I, you know, I grew up dirt poor, man, and and I had a really bad relationship with money. I just. Well, for one, I didn't have a relationship because I didn't have right. money. And then once I started, you know, uh, um, uh, making money as a, as a professional, I, 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 it took time, man, to sort of re, re shift that paradigm, right? And, and, uh, and again, nobody, it wasn't something that we talked about, right? It wasn't something, we didn't talk about uh, resources, we didn't talk about Bruno, and we didn't talk about money, <laughs> right. you know, in our house <laughs> and in school, right? Uh, so, um, and a lot of times people think if you're good at making money, you're good at managing your money. And it is so the opposite, right? No like, more problems. Like part of the reason that I wanted to do the financial literacy stuff with, I had so many clients who made a lot of money. They were not good with it. They were not well, look managing at athletes. it. They're, yeah. Like look at professional athletes and lottery winners, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The numbers like 80% of them are bankrupt within a couple of years and they have millions of dollars. Yeah. But they own stars now. They own stars. They own planets. Yeah. They They're own awesome. islands. Yep. <laughs> but like that's what, but for real, that's what happens with it. And so. Easy come, easy go. Yeah. But they're never taught just really basic, basic skills. Like Fidel talks a lot about like these skills. And, you know, money is one of them. I'd say it's a big one. And the younger you start, you know. I well, mean, I mean, we can go around, we can go to every single person in the restaurant today and ask them, when was the last time you looked at a biology question? <laughs> Chemistry. Yeah, or dissected a frog. History. <laughs> mathematics, <laughs> right? right? Ask all of them, when was the last time you had to face money? Yeah. Every single adult has to face money. Whether they want to or not, you can hide your head in sand as long as you want to. It is one of those things that every single person has to face. But is this something the federal government wants? No. I would say that it's not. No. It's, fe- what's that? Well, this is going to be conspiracy theorists talking Uh-oh. here, but it's like, Uh-oh. if the federal government wants us all to be wealthy or all to be smart with money, to me, that takes power away from them, right? No, they don't. They want you to be, they want you they to want be you dependent, dependent on them. On them. Yeah. That's why so, so is many this of type of thing are... ever going to be allowed to be taught in our schools? Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know if there's a little, you know, green alien, you know, in the White House controlling this kind of stuff, right? I don't know if I, if I, he's not. They're not green. They're not green. Yeah, yeah. mostly white people. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to touch the conspiracy stuff. I, I do think. Um, you know, governments do some things really well. You know, they build roads really well. They do some things. They do? Well, in some places. Oh, okay. You know, uh, they have the capacity, right, <laughs> to, do some, to, to do some big they stuff. They have the capacity. Uh, yes. You know, and when it comes to, you know, uh, again, back to this conversation about skills that, that, kids, that kids need, right, to be successful. I think it's, it's on us as a community, right, to say, look, this is what we value. This is what we hope 
you know, our children have when they leave school and let's make sure that they, that they have that, right. That they, that they're learning that, um, you know, Andrew hit me up about a year ago and, you know, pitched this idea to me of saying, Hey, look, um, what if we designed a, a, a class, right. To, to teach kids how to do money. Right. Um, he's like, I know money, you know, education, you know, let's have a baby. Not literally, <laughs> you yes. know, uh, and, and let's come up with something. Right. And it, and it, you know, I get I get hit up for different projects a lot, right? But this one was really intriguing because it was personal for me, right? Like I told you, I I didn't grow up with a good relationship with money, and I thought, you know what? There's a lot of children who grow up in poverty, who sort of get left on the sideline and don't don't have the opportunity. It's an opportunity gap, right? That they have when it comes to building wealth, when it comes to understanding wealth, when it comes to having a good relationship with wealth. So I took up Andrew on 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 the uh, on the offer, and and uh, you know we we stumbled through and 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 kind of wrote a, a curriculum. We, you know, it's it's out there on 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 uh, on the digital web now, right? And uh, with the idea of saying, can we, you know, help kids have a better relationship with money? Give them enough foundational knowledge that they can so hopefully so build a sense adults. of empowerment. They can be adults. Um, because again, <clears throat> there's well, schools that are trying. Decisions. Schools are trying, and and shout out to all the financial literacy teachers out there that are that are trying their best to do this. Uh, but 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 we need more more help. We need more resources, and uh, so, you know, so it was a fun project to to sort of do with him. Well, the thing is too is they're still inside of the box. Like even me in the, and we've talked a lot about like the regulations of advisors, right? Like I can't do a lot of this stuff. So I actually am having to drop my licenses. It's so stupid. Oh, that is so stupid. In order for me to be able to really do this because it's, it won't fit inside of the box that is licenses and regulations. So imagine you take education in the financial world, which are about as strict as you can get with these boxes, right? Run by big players. And so what's been interesting with Fidel and I is the willingness to step outside of that and look in and say, okay, they do a lot of really good, but there's still some massive gaps. For sure. So how do we how do we bridge that gap, right? Like how do we create education that's short, it's entertaining, it's engaging, but more than anything, it leads to action. Right. Right. Cause like, if you don't do anything with it, then cool. You have a bunch of stats memorized. Like that doesn't mean anything. Well, or you're going for a grade. Yeah. Like, like again, that's the problem with high school. I feel like so many kids treat high school as like, I'm here to perform a certain way to get into college. Yep. Yeah. Instead of just saying like, I can learn some crap. Like yeah. this could be, inter- like this could be awesome. I can learn, be better. I again, mean, even college, they go at the same thing. Right. Yeah. Well, not the PhDs. We do different. <laughs> we do different. But it's so. Is this something that you guys want to put in the actual curriculum in schools, or is this something you want to do extracurricular that people can do outside of school? You mean this project that we work? This on? project that you're working on? Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is to to get it out there, right? Get it out there so that so that whether it's a kid who's 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 done with high school and is just sort of going into college, or or they're just working and they want to learn more about, you know, hey, how do I become more 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 comfortable with with my relationship with money? How do I get to, you know, how do I understand some basics about money? They can access it, right? So it's right. not necessarily intended to be a book to be read. It's not a book. It's you know, we we put it's, together a, it's, a video, it's an online. It's an Online, online course curriculum with videos. Curriculum, right? See, I think this would be rad for parents too to like watch Absolutely. with their kids because I bet parents would learn 
some it's, stuff yeah. too, I and mean, how to help your kids. Yeah, learn. We've talked you know? about that, like making like a student or a teacher guide, like how to help someone teach, get someone through the course. Yeah, yeah. because we talk about students a lot because that's who was in mind for it. But the truth is, it's just financial foundation. Right. Right. So like anyone who doesn't feel like they have like a solid foundation. So what do you this guys is going to do it? So what do you guys consider f- the foundation? Like what are the first three principles that uh, 18 or a 16, so 18 like year old managing your know? cash flow firm foundation, right? Yeah. So <laughs> firm foundation, managing cash flow, debt, <laughs> taxes, credit, invest. Wait, debts, taxes, credit, invest. Yep. And then managing cash. So like, like the, the flow of your money. See, and that's the other thing. Like, I my uncle had credit cards for his kids. Like, so they got credit when they were like eight, and then he just used them. So they had established credit. Called it, so yeah. So we teach parents like it's called an authorized user, and you right. add your kids to your credit card. Yeah, and that you know, like we don't want kids to be scared of credit cards, right? They're, They're not for bad. Sure. Here's They're a shout not. out to all my Second Amendment folks out there, right? Right, you, know, you being one of them. You know, you like know? The, the whole argument, right, is Can that like, s- like, like, look, if you teach a child to be responsible with, with, with a gun, with right. a hunting rifle, whatever, they're not going to be, they, they're going to know how to handle it. You give them education about it, right? It's the same thing with a credit card. Now, it can become very dangerous if you 100%. don't know. It's a great to, analogy. Yeah. You like that? Shout it's, out. Yeah. yeah there we it's go. very good. <laughs> <laughs> we need to hang out outside the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Where we can just be unruly, just be ourselves. But no, that is a but good no, analogy. But no, that's the point, right? A lot of right. kids get in trouble when when they don't know how to handle credit. When I mean, honestly, right? How many, um, you know, the, you look at these uh, day day uh, same day loan places, right? Yeah. What do you call oh, them? check yeah. cashing. The check cashing places. Who who's getting who's getting loans from payday loans, right? It's do you know not, what the average interest rate is on those? It's like 30 percent, isn't it? Three hundred and sixty-seven percent. And it's folks, unfortunately, who can afford it the least. That it's are, because they a don't lot have of folks, ba- illegal like illegal immigrants or, or migrants, Listen, right? Bro, like, it's it's uh, so, so it's this, messed so up. So again, the point that I'm trying no, to so make. So this will blow your mind. The number one customer are not illegal immigrants. It's people that don't have access to banks that are citizens of the u.s but there's not access to banks close to them so they have to use those places to transact again and that's where not having good financial knowledge becomes really troublesome Does well, that make sense? you'll go cash your 150 dollars check and they're going to say hey it's only a 15 dollars check cash fee hey if you need an extra 50 bucks and then all of a sudden you do it and so like it's the disgusting. average loan is not even a year long and then it ends up seven years it's insane to me that that's legal insane yeah i mean you know again and there might they might serve a uh they might serve a purpose you know in in, in our in our communities and for houseboats I, I don't i don't know what that is that i don't want to go there and, and be judgmental right but they do definitely um the point that i'm trying to make is when folks are not educated about anything right that's when they can get themselves in trouble so back to your question about a credit card yeah you might think oh my gosh you're giving your 12 year old a credit card well hey how about you teach that 12 year old what a credit card use does. Let, right. Maybe they get in trouble. Maybe they fall flat on their face and they spend $1,000 on video games. I hope my son's not listening, <laughs> you know, because that right. didn't happen in my house. Yeah. But, um, you know, we made the kid work for it the whole summer. And he had to, you know, he worked an entire summer to pay back, you know, and did he learn his lesson about credit cards? I hope, yeah. right? Uh, and, uh uh, but the point being is that we want to have people. We want people to have the right relationship with resources, with money, and that was the whole point of coming together and doing that class. I think what's cool about it too, right, is that I, I feel that as just 
the world of learning is moving at such a fast pace. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the way people learn today versus the way they learned even five years ago, right? Uh, or well, even ten years ago. Technology allows so much. It's, it's amazing, bro. I mean, on some ways, it's such an exciting field to be in education, right? Because I mean, we're like, I mean, technology is blowing everything, you know, uh, on its back. And I'm not saying that technology is the end all to, you know, the answer to every question. Right. Because I, I still think we're human, and I think relationships matter, and that's they where you know will. they always will, and that's the value add that a good teacher brings to the table. But man, we're in exciting times for learning. So, you know, for, for us to come together and say, look, can we add to this sort of energy that's out there about learning? Can we create, you know, a, a product, right, that's not accredited, but that comes from uh, your best thinking in the financial world, from your best thinking in education, and put it out there and see and see how people will respond to it, right? Well, and that's uh, what was so important was having the two sides, because there are people that are teaching financial literacy whether they are educated or not, whether they have the credentials or not. But we wanted to make sure that like we had the content right, but then also the delivery system right. Right. And that's what's unique about this because, you know, one of Steve Jobs' most famous quote is the ultimate like simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And so you look at the course and it's just you know, one video might be five minutes, right? But what Fidel brought is the structure of education on how to deliver it for maximal, like for optimal learning. Right. And then you bring in the good stuff of what they really need. And now all of a sudden, literally in a five minute video, they can walk away with a money skill that they can implement right then. Right. And so every video has like a guidebook that comes with it. So it'll have, you know, it helps with it. But then the most important part about it is it has like action steps to take. So it's like, hey, if you want to learn about debt, we're going to teach you about it. But then here's step one, step two, and step three for what to do to get out of it or to avoid it. And same with investing or credit and building credit, all that kind of stuff. It's all there. It's all there. Wow. So what's this called? How, how do people find it? So the company is Path U, and we kind of have an Instagram account. I mean, <laughs> literally, it's brand new. I mean, we're both busy doing stuff, but we're we're hoping that this is going to lead yeah. to a lot of other stuff. If you still watch TV at 3 a.m. in the mornings, there'll be right. some commercials oh, at that time that you can, <laughs> right you know, find our 1-800 number. Chamois. You know commercial. what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, yeah no, it's, flex so, flex. <laughs> it's called Path U and all of our social media is Path U online and then we'll be pathu.com. But yeah, we're going to, we have the course, like it's finally done and uploaded and ready. We're just working on some final tweaks. So by the time this airs, it'll probably be live, but you can just come to my Instagram. We're going to do a fun launch, get the course out there. And if you're interested in it, let us know. We'll get you all taken care of. I think it's pretty cool. Honestly. What do you think? It's awesome. I mean, I think parents, unfortunately, not all of them want to parent right now. So if there's a way to pay for a way to parent, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like replace yourself. But I think there's a lot of people like you, like I said before, there are a lot of parents that they may be successful, well, but no, they but don't it, really know a lot about money. So it's like, Hey, if I can give my kid something that I didn't get and maybe learn something along the way, yeah, it's huge. Right. Yeah. It's huge. And so, um, I'm excited to see how it delivered. Like it is shorter. Like, yeah. So, so Fidel, he, we talk about it in the course, but one of his kind of his better learning skills as a PhD was 10 minutes a day. Like just spend, Ew. just spend 10 minutes. 10 minutes a day. Why is school six hours? 
that's a good question, bro. They're not taking what, my advice. If you, if you had your way to do it, what? How? Well, no, I mean, how that, much school, or how long would school? I mean, be the idea day? that how long would school be? Yeah. Um, no politician answers. Yeah, I no. Like I mean, I think I your think. Answer. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, you know, I think a, a, a sixty-minute you know class is is just right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It gives you time to engage with a subject. Uh, it gives you time to sort of practice it, get your hands you know, dirty, whatever, you know, you're doing. Uh, once we go beyond that, it starts to get really quite long, so, right? So classes are 80 minutes now? A lot of classes are, you know, a lot of high Kill schools me. especially have, you know, 90-minute blocks. And if they're yeah. too long. I mean, I'm trying to have a conversation with my, you know, school district about that because it's just too long. Who it's wants ridiculous. to sit? I mean, think about it, right? I mean, imagine going to church for an hour or in 90 minutes. I mean, people have a hard time going to church oh, for an hour, let alone. saying sacrament should be 30 minutes long. <laughs> 30 minutes, right? And then we should get into classes. But the but the guy, what, what Andrew's talking about, this idea of 10 minutes a day was uh, when I started my doctoral program. So part of your doctoral program, you have to ask yourself a question. That's how you start with the dissertation. What, what question are you trying to solve, right? And this guy, you know, the advice that I got was, look, if you spend 10 minutes a day on your dissertation, because that's kind of your, that's, right. that's the homework assignments of homework assignments, right? It's a right. dissertation, right? And, and I just said, he told me, like, look, spend 10 minutes a day um, instead, of, instead of binge writing, instead of binge studying, you know, instead of sitting down for three hours on a Saturday or four hours, whatever. He goes, if you spend 10 minutes a day, you trick your brain into just sort of being engaged with that with with that subject right for right. for the whole time so when you're away from it it's it's fresh enough that you're asking yourself questions you're seeing connections um and and, and it worked man i mean I, I i sort of stuck to this idea of i'm going to work on my on my stuff every day for 10 minutes a day and i was able to cruise through pretty quickly through my whole study and, and write-ups and all that stuff so with the whole I, t I mentioned that because we tell kids or the audience who engages with this with this uh, uh, class, hey, if you spend ten minutes a day on, on your finances, that's that's going to be, you know, oh, that's huge. sort of the gold standard. So the it's video, huge. so the the longest video I think is six minutes long. Wow, and it's animated, so there's like, I mean, so it's not just like super dry right. graphics. And the guidebook helps kind of guide you through the course. But yeah, five to six minutes on a video and then two or three minutes writing a couple things on a piece of paper and that's it. Wow. That's all you need. Sounds like the perfect class. Good it does shot. sound that's like what, the perfect class. That's what class. I needed. <laughs> well, I've just always wondered like homework, all that. It's just like. There's so much unnecessary stuff. Oh my that's gosh. Right. That's right. It's crazy. So yeah, so the idea with what we're trying to build is like this will be the first one and there's a lot of other fun stuff coming. I mean, we're going to get into different kind of life skills that Fidel talked about. But our goal, ultimately, our big, big goal is to help close this opportunity gap, right? right? So to get the education into the hands of the people who really need it, but then to provide opportunities and skills and resources to everyone, you know, and that might be looking at what does crypto and Web3 look like for you or how to, oh, here we go. Like how to, how to negotiate, crypto. you know, all these different types of stuff. So all of these things are coming Um this financial literacy, it's meant to be just that. Like it's the foundation of a house. It's super boring. You've never walked up to a house and been like, that's a solid foundation. <laughs> Man, right. that cement looks good. Yep. But if you don't have one, the house isn't going to stand for much very long. Right. So that's what this is. It's the unsexy, not very fun, but super important foundation. Then then we can go and build all sorts of more fun stuff afterwards. Well, and just being able to start, I think a lot of kids do like your kid. Like they do get in trouble. Like 
They get eight. They turn eighteen. They can get a credit card. They do something stupid, which is kind of what they're hoping for. Well, they're right? learning, bro. That's learning. They are. They they're are learning, learning right? but you don't want to learn with twenty grand of debt, like right That's off the right. bat. It's like, yep. Let's if if well, you know what that thing. credit card represents, how it works, you'll still maybe make a mistake or two. Like you'll still overdraw your account once in a while, but you'll have enough of a handle on it to know. To well, not let it get out of that control. example for Fidel, without Fidel's guidance, that son probably makes minimum payments on that <laughs> credit card. Oh yeah, and then it probably takes him twenty years to get out of from underneath it, Basically. and now he's paid twenty thousand dollars in interest. Right, you don't get out from underneath that. No, right. So there's learning, but then there's like structured learning, and that's the goal is to help provide a little bit more structure to it. Right. Well, in a way that's entertaining and quick. What do you think, man? I dig it. Look, I need those. it for me. Look for those 3 a.m. Com- commercials. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not quite available yet. Nope. But you can get it. So- no, it's been, you know, I got to tell you, man, from a learning standpoint, uh, and this speaks to, you know, for your for your customers, right? For Excuse me, for your listeners. If they are consuming, there's a lot of information out there, right? And how do you know what, how, you know, how do you know what to listen to, right? right. And uh, you can pray. That's one good option yeah you know yeah <laughs> but the other thing you can do uh and 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 you know when you look at when you look at the content that people are putting out um it it's it, it, it's a lot of work to put right. something out there i mean andrew and i have spent um gosh hours and hours thinking about the curriculum you know putting the films together and and we're finally at a point now where we just in fact we just touched up the last few episodes uh we've worked with some good partners that have helped us with the digital component the point that i'm trying to make is that man good education it, it does take time to put out there right. that was that was certainly my learning lesson right you think you're going to come together and put something out there in a week and it just uh, you know it takes time well, so we're probably but, like 100 hours for a 5 minute video but we're excited man we're excited it's it's out there between all the different stuff at the video of filming and edits and curriculum. I feel like I deserve an advanced copy. We'll fi- well, I want to be a ba- I want to be a beta, a beta tester. We have access. To, so as I'm saying, we have access. I, I would like, love to see. I can I give you access so cool. to the video right now. We just don't have like a website ready to like right. market it. But the course is a hundred percent ready to go. So like, if you'll hit me up, like I can get it's you exciting. access to it. I think it's awesome. I'm excited. It should be fun. I mean, and you're dropping your license to do this. No, we're going all in. Damn. I Are told- you dropping your PhD? To do this? Am I dropping my PhD? Yeah, you got to get rid of it. <laughs> you got to put some skin in the game like I, Andrew did. I told Fidel, my goal is that this is his last year as he principal. Wants me to it, you need man. to burn it on Instagram. Yeah. Just the paper. I mean, you'll still have it. It's yeah, no, I, yeah, you can't, you can't, you never let, you know, that's the one good thing. Nobody could ever take that away from you, right? For sure. Uh, so, for sure. Uh, yeah, this has been awesome, you guys. This has been great. Well, we've learned Thanks a lot. For having me, I think man. these are. I think this stuff is. It's a hot button, right? Like I think it's a, education is a hot button for a lot of people, especially the money. Like when I go pay my property taxes, I'm just like, oh my gosh. And but but now you can sing, bro. When you when you pay those property taxes, oh no, you know I'm still what I'm not saying. You can be sing. excited <laughs> about supporting, sing. you know, Timview High School. I do have one last and, question. How yeah. do how do people how do people if they want their voices heard with education? Like, cause that's the thing that I think stresses a lot of parents out is you can go to the school, but then you find out the school is part of a district. Well, the district is so freaking massive. Like you're not going to get heard by them. And then the district is beholden to the state. And then the state, if they want money, they have to do what Barack Obama says. I'll I'll tell you this, man. Core curriculum. Remember that? (laughs) For common core. If, uh, if parents have a, 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 a school leader, a principal worth their, you know, worth their money 
um, that that principle is going to want to listen, right? And right. and good principles, they view, they understand that their parents are and their and the kids are are their customers, right? right? And they understand that hey, you know, we exist to serve these folks, right? And if and if they don't have uh, sort of open door policies, if they don't have ways that they can communicate. Then, then I think the parents then should be talking to the school districts and saying, "Hey, how come I can't talk access my principal? Good principals and good, good, good school leaders will sit down with people. You can engage and have good conversations, right? Now, it doesn't mean that you know you can flip everything upside down, and right. you know, but but in terms of engagement and having good good dialogue over curriculum over stuff, that that's a good starting point, right? If you have things that you want to sort of you know. Uh, brainstorm with if you want to partner with a school one of you know our, our back to my pta ladies that are listening what's up ladies hope you guys are all good uh my pta man they they came with an idea to say hey can we can we can we start a uh an act prep class you know and and they they partnered with us and man they they killed it in our act scores That's cool it, 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 it is actually really cool this uh a couple of months ago, the state put out the 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 schools that had the highest growth in ACTs and the top ACT uh, schools with ACT scores. Our school was the number one school, right, in the state. And I'm not saying it was all because of them, but they had a huge impact on that. So that was one involvement. Point, That's right? actually a really cool story. Um, you know, we have parents that get involved, obviously, through, you know, our extracurricular programs, through sports, and they, they, they make a big difference, right? They volunteer. So there's a ton of access points to your schools. Um, and they're not quite as scary as they, they may seem. And, and if, and if, listen, but they if, require effort. Well, I think a lot of people, I don't know that it's effort that's the problem. I think a lot of people just feel like there's no, they just kind of assume there's no way to, I would have never thought to go to the principal. Have a yeah. conversation like, with that person. But, you know, you just kind of think like, well, there's no like city council meeting. There's no yeah. there's no place where I can go and have five minutes to hop on a mic in front of the school board. And You know, what's, what's I mean, uh, for me now, I have an Instagram account, Principal Montero, if you want to check it out on Instagram, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, I they, can't yeah. wait. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, parents will DM me, man. See, they'll send me cool. a DM and they'll be like, hey, yo, you know. Why aren't you talking about this? Or can we talk about that? Now, there, I do get a little trolling, you know, and that's all oh, right. Oh, and I was going to ask you. I'm like sure it, you get some, you like, know? how many times do parents come in and it's just like, it's a fight from the get-go? It is. And, you know, a lot of times people suck. I'll tell you that. Oh, well, I, what I'll say about that, man, is a lot of times people have a lot of emotions that haven't worked out. And yeah. we're an easy target because we're a public, public place. Right. But once you listen to somebody, I mean, most people are really cool, man. Most people just, you know, they want to be heard. They have opinions. They have strong opinions that come from, a, from you know, there's context to them. But, you know, most parents are actually pretty cool people, man. And they're, they're just trying to, you know, they're trying to make a difference in their in their kids' lives. And, and when you can engage, you know, and have a good conversation about that, good things happen. Now, right. there are some parents that I think... Bless their hearts, you know. Uh, they didn't take their medications that day, and you know, <laughs> and, and no. But I mean, you know, most parents are amazing, man. Good people. Well, that's cool. I never thought to go to the principal. I'm gonna set up an appointment today. Yeah, set it up, man. Get ready. I don't even know his name. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, no, that's Great. cool. I think it, to be accessible for people is that's an awesome thing, and it. You want to be involved. That's right. I was saying that to my wife the other day. I'm like, if there's something with the city that drives me crazy, like I can go to the city council meeting and, yeah, you know, they get free mic time. But I'm like, I don't think there's anything like that in the education system. Like we all no, pay property is. taxes, there right? There absolutely but, is, though, man. You don't have a two-minute time limit. You can come in and we can chat. But see, that I think it's cool to put that out there. Like you yeah. can go and speak to your principal 
And I, hopefully I feel, they're willing to listen because it's like, hey, man, every person that you sit in front, like, I'm paying $6,000 a year. Like, I, yeah, I, I am a customer, right? You are, like, absolutely. I'm a paying customer. You're a paying customer. And so you do want to feel like if you do need to talk about something. And it's a partnership, know. man. It's a partnership. Again, any good right. principal understands that educating that child is an absolute partnership. So, how, you know, I, I don't assume I know all the answers to on how to educate, you know, your little little Bam Bam Jr. You know what I'm saying? So I need, yep. I need you. I need you as a parent to help me understand that right. for us to engage. And you also, I think, don't have, you know, you can learn a lot from what's happening in the in a school, right, in terms of all the good things that we're doing to help little Bam Bam Jr. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, it, it's definitely a partnership. And, and I think when, when we're talking with each other, engaging with each other, that's when, you know, the best results happen. Right. Well, seeing teachers, too. Like, I will give Absolutely. a shout out to Mrs. Childs, if you're listening to this. She, Kylie Childs, she's my, he, she was Dodgers teachers last year. Who's that? And she would text, like, she would text, Who's like, it? hey. Miss Childs? Miss Childs, Miss yeah. Childs, you got a, you got a free dinner for you and your, right. and your family at, uh, you know, Bam Bam's They barbecue. are getting free lunch. All the teachers are getting fed Let's here go. in a week. But, but no, she would, like, text, like, hey, Dodgers doing great. Like, you named your anything. Dodger. Yeah, Dodgers, my. Did you, oh yeah, sense. I guess you wouldn't know that. Huh? <laughs> What's funny though is it's not really about this. I'll explain later. But I loved that, and it did make me feel like she cared about Thought. Dodger. I know that once you get to high school, that's probably a little harder. But yeah, um, but yeah, there are a lot. Just like you said, most of them are awesome. They are. They're there because they want to be. And so yeah. Well, thanks, man. We learned a lot. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. This has been this has been a blast, man. I hope I hope I've been able to say a few things that that will help your audience have a better sense of what's happening in the field of education. Good, good, and and also things that we need to do better. So, uh, thanks for having me, man. When are you going to awesome. be on the board of education? Uh, on which board? There's a lot of boards. The state. <laughs> I want you on the state. I want you to replace that oh, one psycho lady that's man. on the board. What's her name? <laughs> no, listen, man. I I love what I'm doing. I love being at a ground level. Oh, bad. I think being at high school family. would be awesome. It's awesome. I, I think it'd be hard, but it best would, jo- hardest job in it's America. It's a fun age. Hardest job, but also one of the best jobs. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing it, brother. Appreciate thank you, guys.